Welcome, and let's look at PMQ Learning Outcome 6, Understand Planning for Success. We'll look at stakeholders, which is part one first. And stakeholders has two elements to review. 6.11, which is explain the relationship between stakeholder analysis, influence, and engagement. 6.12, explain the importance of managing stakeholder expectations to the success of the project. So we'll look at stakeholders as a definition. Let's read the APM definition first, and then we'll pick this apart and break it down. So stakeholder is the term that refers to individual or groups who have an interest or a role in the project or are impacted by the project. So you could summarize that by saying anyone whose interest can be positively or negatively affected by project outcomes. That is a stakeholder. Stakeholder engagement is the term used for the identification, analysis, planning, and implementation of actions designed to influence stakeholders. So it's a step-by-step -step process where we identify stakeholders, we do some analysis on them, and then we work with them and influence them so that they can positively affect project outcomes. So the first part of the stakeholder management process is identifying stakeholders. So this is a process in which you come up with a list of all the individuals that could be positively or negatively impacted by project outcomes. You get this list by brainstorming in most of the time. There's other ways of doing it, but brainstorming is by far um, the most common way. This isn't something that you can do on your own. You can't sit in a room and think about all the people who might be affected by the project and then come to your project team and say, look at this list of stakeholders, let's start managing them. This is a group activity. This uh, involves collaboration. And brainstorming is when you get a group of people together and you simply ask the question, who are the stakeholders? And it can be helpful to put them into different categories. For example, stakeholders that are part of the team stakeholders who are internal to the organization, stakeholders who are external to the organization. And when you're brainstorming with your group, it might be good to prompt them with questions such as, who could be positively or negatively impacted? Who has the power over this project? Who has the power to fund the project, to defund the project, to let the project go through its gate review, to not let the project go through its gate review, to cancel the project? Who has that kind of power? Who makes decisions and who makes decisions about money is another thing to think about when you're trying to identify who your stakeholders are. Any suppliers that you have that might be you might be working with either now or in the future as the project moves its way through its life cycle. Who has influence over decisions that are made, over whether to continue the project or not? Who can solve problems? Who are your subject matter experts that if you come up with a technical issue or a financial issue might be able to step in and help? Good idea to identify those people ahead of time so that you're prepared. Um, who's in charge of assigning resources, line managers, resource managers? Who are we going to have to ask to resource the project? And who has the skills in order to help develop the technical solution that a project is to make? Once we have a nice long list of stakeholders, another step that you can take during stakeholder identification is to categorize them into specific areas. So for example, you might have a category of people who are on the project team itself. You might have a category for internal stakeholders. So this is not the project team, but still within the organization. 
So people like the finance team, resource managers, HR, etc., who can influence a project, who can make decisions about a project and affect a project as it works its way through its life cycle. External stakeholders are to be considered if you have a customer-facing project, if you have a client that you're making a product for, they are the key stakeholder there, key decision maker. They're the ones that are either going to pay for the project or perhaps not if things do not go well. Um, users that are going to use the product themselves are considered external stakeholders if it is being sold to the general public. And then you might also have public stakeholders such as regulatory bodies, people who are governing things like GDPR, health and safety standards. Or if you're doing an international project, you might be facing, with, facing off with other project managers in other countries. And those stakeholders have to be identified and analyzed as well. By coming up with categories for stakeholders, it makes it easier for a project team to come up with specific strategies that may fit everyone within that category. The next step is analysis, so analyzing the stakeholders. So a stakeholder can be allocated into four different categories. And the first thing that you do in order to try to break them down into the categories to conduct further analysis on them is you use something called a power and interest grid, which is a very prominent project management tool. Once you have your nice big list of stakeholders and you want to do some analysis on those, on how to formulate a strategy to best influence them. So the first question to ask when you're making a power and interest grid is, is this stakeholder a negative stakeholder, i.e. are they against the project? Do they feel that the outcomes of the project is against their own self-interest? Or are they for the project? Are they someone who wants to see the project succeed? Are they somebody who wants to see the benefits come into play? Once you've determined which of those two categories they go in, you then rate their power and their interest. So power, if we take an example, the sponsor, that would be a positive stakeholder, someone who certainly wants the project to succeed. Powerful in that they're the ones that can decide whether or not the project should go through go, no-go decisions, gate reviews. Also, the sponsors own the business case, so they're accountable for the benefits, so they have a high degree of power. They're also responsible for helping make sure that the resources are brought to bear that are required in order to make project deliverables. You can also have someone who's high power and low interest. So this could be a senior executive within the organization, certainly very powerful because of their station, However, they don't have a lot of interest in the project because it may not be on their radar, it may not be part of their remit. So they would be high power, low interest. So you rank your stakeholders and you plot them on the grid according to where they fall. This allows you to categorize them and try to come up with strategies on how to manage them throughout the project lifecycle. Then we get to influencing stakeholders. So influencing is the day-to-day, blow-by-blow, part of the project in which you're running things and you're trying to keep them on your side, you're trying to get their buy-in, if they're holding um, monetary funds for the project, making sure that you're communicating with them how the budget is doing, showing them progress so that the gate review, you will be awarded the um, required money for the next stage if you happen to be doing a linear, linear project life cycle or waterfall project life cycle. Um, it is about testing and showing test results to make sure that business as usual will accept the product. It's everything that you need to do in order to help manage the stakeholders so that they don't become negative stakeholders and start interrupting things and disrupting the project of the progress of the project itself. 
So as a PM, you need to be aware that different stakeholders are going to have different needs from the project. So for example, in this example, we have someone who is wanting a good product, the customer, but we also have a financial stakeholder that wants to keep costs down. And as a project manager, you're in the epicenter of this. You're the one that has to manage these varying expectations and varying needs from the project. One of the ways to do this is to continually keep the project stakeholders up to date, not just on progress, which is done through reports, so making them aware how we're doing against the budget, making them aware how we're doing against the schedule, how we're doing against scope, what is occurring with our risks and the like. And that will be of interest to all stakeholders who have an interest in the project. But also remembering that stakeholders don't like surprises. That's one thing that all stakeholders, no matter what part of the business they come from, have in common. And one way to manage expectations is to show them the scope of work that you're doing through demoing early and often. And this is a big part of iterative or agile project management approaches. So what you do is as soon as you have a demo that can be displayed of the product, even if it's ugly, just something to make sure that you get some verification that the scope you're working on is what they expect. And you do that early and often at key points all the way through the project lifecycle. What you'll avoid there is the problem that sometimes happens in waterfall techniques in linear project lifecycles in which the product is released to great fanfare at the end and then stakeholders look at it and think, that wasn't what I was expecting to get. And they hadn't seen it for the entire duration of the project, which could have been up to a year. So one way of managing stakeholder expectations is to incrementally review and verify that the scope, the product that you're making, is what is expected, is what should be handed over at the end to business as usual.